the Minnesota Football Show, your regular dose of smart, socially aware, and occasionally snarky news and commentary about local, national, and international soccer. The Minnesota Football Show co-hosts are Sheila Regan, Bridget McDowell, and Pablo Miranda. Produced and co-hosted by Rodrigo Sanchez Chavaria and Eric Silva Brenneman. You can follow the Minnesota Football Show at MN Football Show on your social media platform of choice. Subscribe to and rate the Minnesota Football Show on iTunes. All right, welcome to another Minnesota Football Show. We have Rodrigo Sanchez Chavaria, Bridget McDowell. My name is Eric Silva Brenneman. We got lots of stuff to talk about. Minnesota United has their big playoff match tomorrow, which we'll briefly talk about in preview. Uh, things are happening as we speak on the on the eastern side. We'll, we'll catch you up on all that good stuff. Um, but let's start with some some international. Actually, let's, let, let me do my check in first and make sure everybody is uh doing well i know uh rodrigo you've had a busy day you've been moving and shaking quite a bit yeah we had um it's um kind of like a somber day for soccer in the sense like you know we went and helped out to get the nets down at como park high school so uh kids were messing around with the ball and um we were out just taking down it's it's complicated taking these goals down like these fancy goals you think they're (laughs) there's like they have these clips and then you have to turn, and then I was like, "It's it's weird." I was like, oh. "What happened to the old school where you just flip over and just took the net off?" And oh yeah, I remember those. Just kick the thing over and rip it off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, "You buy a new net next year." There you go. <laughs> I totally remember doing that. Uh, Bridget, how are you? I'm all right. Right on. Yeah. Um, you <laughs> you sent a lovely picture of uh of your of your lovely gato. Keeping you warm <laughs> made me jealous. She has, it's like she has a sixth sense of uh, when I'm going to stand up or preparing to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. Jumps into my lap and falls asleep. So right on cue today. <laughs> right on. Well, let's let's jump in, shall we? We'll do internationals briefly here first, and then we'll flip back. So let's start with the U.S. men's national team. Um, big win against. Panama, but let's let's stress that it was Panama. <laughs> World Cup uh, representative for CONCACAF should be noted in the last World Cup. Um, nonetheless, uh, a 6-2 beatdown, as it were, and uh, big goals for uh, Gio Reyna gets his first for the for the uh, U.S. men's national team. Gio Acchini, we'd say Gio Acchini in, uh, in Italiano, he gets a, a brace. Uh, Soto comes in late as a sub and like just lights it up right away with another brace. Legit gets one as well. Big win. What what did you all think about uh, about the U.S. Uh, the, the the U.S. kids, as it were, the babies? They were solid. I mean, it's it's good to see the essentially all the kids came home from Europe and just tore it up. So. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously it, yeah, it's, it's Panama. It's a friendly, it's, you know, it, we've seen this before where you get super hyped up and then you have no more reason to be hyped up. Uh, but it was fun to follow along with and fun to see, uh, just a positive on the international scene for once. Yeah. They look like they were having fun. Yeah. They were actually enjoying 
playing and you know creating so that mm-hmm. was good to see um i put in here a, a couple little maybe my favorite highlight was uh weston mckinney getting getting uh called with a foul and then the, the camera zooms in on him and he's been in italy with juventus for three months now and he does the uh the italiano like right in the camera the fingers of the camera is like all right buddy it's like he just just a foreign exchange student been there just for a couple months he's like so molto italiano totalmente <laughs> It was good stuff. Um, the other thing I thought was just pretty incredible is this the so-called Johnny, João Carlos, who his story is is, is very interesting. Um, he's a, He was born here almost by kind of accident. His parents moved here from Brazil and he's, he's born in New Jersey and then 9-11 happens and they immediately peace out and move back to Brazil. So he really hasn't spent that much time here, but he does have uh, technical U.S. citizenship, and he he gave this. He he plays for uh, Inter Internacional from um, from uh, blah, 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 I can't think of uh, where's Gremio from Porto Alegre. And uh, so you see, he's called up, and he and he he does this full interview to the, the Internacional press, you know, in Portuguese, talking about coming up to play for the, the U.S. men's national team and. I, I never thought I would see such a thing. It was it was pretty right. remarkable. It was pretty, pretty cool. And he played, too. He came in as a substitute. He didn't get that much time, and he got, like, 15 minutes. But still, again, kind of amazing. So, any, other, any Rodrigo, you're quiet. Any takes on the on the kiddies? Um, I, I think it's, it's – like, I, I want to see what this team is going to be like probably um, – once we start the first round of qualifiers, right? Um, and I'm, I'm hoping this is what we get. And as much as, you know, like you want an out the door as a veteran forward, I think some of the veterans come back, but not everybody. I, I kind of, I, I like the, I like the youth look. I think mm-hmm. Gio needs to figure out how he works in the system. Cause sometimes he just takes other people's spaces up. And now we have two or three people in one certain zone. And so then it, but at the same time, like Weston McKinney, like if he's not the captain of this team or this young team, I don't know who is, but he's, he's really well. Sebastian Soto is, his parents are Chilean, by the way. So just, That's uh, right. Thank you. But yeah, no, he, I remember watching some of this majority of the squad in the world cup uh, that they had like in Europe. And I remember having when they played against, I don't forget if it was Ecuador or Colombia. It was a really close game, and Sebastian Soto was able to, to, to put some of these goals away. And so it was like, it's it's good to see the young kids getting the, the time. And I think it's important for them to get the time or at least the caps, because some of these players are still in that gray area where they can decide to go with their dual nationality somewhere <laughs> else, depending on where they where they go so that's that's another thing a I whole think bunch them. like more at this in this in this particular uh call-up than i think any in the history of the team yeah like half half the squad could just up and leave so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah all right good stuff it was it, yeah the 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 joining card those are things just, <laughs> i'm still kind of tripping on it it's, it's very very i don't even know what the word is it's i just i just couldn't have foreseen such a thing it's such a unique story, and one, yeah. I mean, we've we've seen similar things here 
in the U.S. just because it is the U.S. But right, uh, yeah, to see it play out that way. I love it. I mean, it's it's really really interesting and really cool. I I, I love that you know the the MLS has become a lot of the pipeline for the Colombian ball clubs, whether they're coming from Argentina, Brazil, wherever. But just the thought of of the kid playing in Brasileiro at one of the bigger clubs, he's going to represent the U.S. national team. It's just like, what is happening? <laughs> Uh, all right, moving on. Let's let's go through these in a good clip. So we had Nations League B, uh, and I'll just focus here on the on our loons connection. So Slovakia played Scotland. They win one nil. Who scores the one? <laughs> it's our guy, Gregoosh yeah. scores it. A very Gregoosh goal from way outside the box, but uh, awesome. And then they also, then uh, Finland also played. They played Bulgaria. This was, I, I get so confused between the Nations Leagues and the uh, the friendlies and things. I, I can't remember what is what. It's, it's so much <laughs> happening at one time right now. I keep forgetting that there's like Thank you. five different competitions. Going. I'm glad I'm not alone. Um, nope. so, so Finland plays Bulgaria and they win that one. 2-0 uh, and Robin Lud. On the score sheet, he does it. He has a great goal, the winning goal, in fact. Well, they're already oh, yeah. winning 1-0, but he it. makes it too. So, yeah, good stuff. Um, oh, what do you guys – Bridget, did you put this out, this thing about uh, the last time we had two Minnesota United players uh, score on the same day for international oh, teams? Um, Colin Solberg was talking about that. Okay, uh, I remember seeing it. And I was – yeah, I was going back and forth with them a little bit. He, yeah, so he asked if we'd ever had uh, two Minnesota players uh, on national teams score on the same day. And I questioned him and said, have we ever had two national players play on the same day? <laughs> Which it turns out we have. Luckily, yep, we've got yep. historians in the, in the Twitterverse. So um, that has happened, but I don't believe we have seen the, the two goals. So It's okay. I, I've got it, actually. So first year, 2017, two goals, opposite sides, Molino scoring for Trinidad and Calvo scoring for Costa Rica. Yep. That was the last time. So there you go. Um, this one comes from uh, MJ, always sending us the good clips. There was a, there was a U23 Olympic uh, qualifier, I believe it was, or, or yeah, it must have been a, a friendly, maybe it was, Olympic prep. Uh, Brazil 3, Korea 1. But wow, I put I posted this clip on Twitter for sure. It ends up being this headbutt fest. I mean, it was very um, echoes of, of Zinedine Zidane and, and the Italians back in the day. Like it was started with one, then it became two, then other ones came in, and, and, and you know the ref just completely lost control. It was there was mad headbutting going on. So that happened. Um, more Nations League play last week. We had um, in Group A or League A rather. Uh, Portugal over Croatia, 3-2. France, 4-2 over Sweden. This is the one that caught everybody's eye. Uh, kind of a, I, I don't know what you want to call it, but uh, a, a German humbling. 6-0 Spain over Germany. 6-0, I will repeat. And and the Brazilians uh, scream and enjoy. <laughs> did, did the Brazilians take on the street and, and celebrate? The fact that their hated rival now finally <laughs> got spanked by by the conquistadors, so it's kind of like a 
lesser of evil, right? I mean, yeah, when you say it like that, I don't know. It's not, it's not, it's not so enticing. <laughs> <laughs> the more you try to rationalize that one. <laughs> it, it was pretty wild to see such a score like that, though, over, over yeah. this team that's been so consistently dominating. I think it was interesting because you've had so many people with Germany being Bundesliga being the first league to really start up again this summer. Mm-hmm. Every, they were getting so much more attention and suddenly like the German players are household names again uh, across the world. So to, to have them go down six zero, it's like all the, all the accounts who aren't usually really focused on internationals were like, Holy shit, Spain, Germany six zero. Yeah. And it, you know, I, I caught some of the highlights and after like that fourth goal, there were definitely some, some similarities and some echoes to the yeah. Brazil match. I mean, the, yeah. it looked like the defense just was like, you know what, we're done. <laughs> they just gave up. I pulled it up when I was working and just kind of glancing at scores occasionally as usual through the day. And once I saw it was like 3-0 and then 4-0, I was like, I need to see what's actually happening. And yeah, as yeah. soon as I turn it on, it's just, they're just trying to steamroll each other. Yep, yep. It's hilarious. Um, in, in Africa, with our loons, we had a uh, Madagascar Ivory Coast tie 1-1 with Metanair, again, going the full 90. Uh, this, this is qualification still for AFCON. Both these two teams are respectively one and two in their group, so they're probably pretty safe. Um, which will be great for Metinair to represent uh, his country there in the, in the tournament. And then also we have uh, Kamara at Sierra Leone and Nigeria, and they tied nil-nil. But the issue there is Nigeria is number one. Sierra Leone is way down there, number four, and I don't think they're going to make it. So that is that. Um, Rodrigo, let's talk some corn mebol. We had a, we had a fun week and in, in more qualification there world cup qualification so not to be outdone by the conquistadores <laughs> the 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 colonized said aha we see your six goals and we'll do so as well so you have ecuador just completely throw down on colombia 6-1 this is a team that you've brought up many times on this on the show not to be ignored and and they are playing with such confidence it doesn't matter the opponent but wow to put up i, I that don't many. know i mean it's you know, when I said it, I was like, Ecuador looks looks like it's it's going it's it's peaking at the right the right time, but they're blowing away people, and like, it's not like they're doing like amazing things. They're just doing team type of of plays and team goals in a sense, right? Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, but uh, was it on this game that the guy got a yellow card for taking off his own jersey and then it had to send, be sent out? I forget Possibly. which game it was. Possibly. I think it is his game. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, Colombia had chances. They weren't able to convert. It's not that this game was, like, full-blown, but just Ecuador was able to 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 dominate and be yeah. able to score more goals than that. And that, that's – I think that's just the way it is, right? Like, if you look – The Colombian goal was a PK, and it was a kind of a – not even that clear of a PK. There was, it was a controversial PK. Right. Someone fell, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so good on Ecuador. They're, I'll be honest. Like Brazil has not played them yet, and that match scares me. I mean, that's gonna be a, that's gonna be a tough match. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure who's gonna get the home uh, turf on that one, but if they play in Quito, that could be, I don't know. Well, I, I mean, the thing playing in Quito is the altitude. Exactly. 
Yep. That's what gets a lot. That's why Ecuador has always been okay at home in a sense. Like either lose by one or they tie, mm-hmm. or if they win, right? I mean, that's what you expect mostly, right? But yeah, Bolivia is like that too. All the teams go to La Paz and get smoked. They're just out of breath by by halftime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But I mean, the teams that are like in the cusp of being a much better team are Bolivia and uh, Venezuela, who's been on a on a tear of lately as the last couple of Copa Americas that have been doing yeah. better and better. So they're That's not the service. pushovers. They're not the pushovers that no. they were once before. So no, 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 pretty even now in the Come Bowl, right? That's right. They beat uh, they beat Chile two to one. Pretty oh, big that was win glorious. That was Venezuela. glorious. Well, and and and, and you, you knew it. about how Venezuela played because you watched them play. And that keeper, and I mean, they're they're a pretty decent team, and yeah. um, good to see them beat Chile. Yeah, yeah, they're, that keeper is spectacular. I mean, he he was all over Brazil. Um, Paraguay and Bolivia tie two two. Paraguay also not to be denied. They're they're sneaky. They they'll they'll keep tying and keep tying and win one or two, and all of a sudden they're like number four, and you're like, what? <laughs> yep, that's um, the Paraguayan way. It is. It is. Uh, Uruguay, Brazil. I can talk a little bit about that one. I caught most of it. Um, it, it started off pretty slow. 34th minute, Arthur gets the, the first goal. Uh, gets a nice little, basically just a layoff from Gabriel Jesus right in the box. And it's just, it's a very slow kind of weak shot that I honestly, I didn't think it was going to score because it was, it was very slow motion, like 1-1,000, one, 1,000, and then the ball's in the net. And I'm like, really? That, that went in? Um, which kind of led me to believe that maybe the keeper was blocked or had his vision a little uh, uh, taken by, by one of his defenders or something and just didn't see it, or maybe there was a deflection. I'm not sure, but it was, it was not a strong shot, I will say that. Um, shortly before uh, – before or after half? No, I can't remember. It was right before halftime. Uh, Richarlison gets the, uh, the second one, which kind of does the rest of the scoring. Nice header, but honestly, this this is all about the cross from Loji. I mean, it is just a beautiful, uh, almost entire midfield cross, and it just like lands right on his head. He didn't have to do anything. Um, so it's the, the best parts, the best, the most entertaining, dramatic parts of this match are Cavani completely destroying Richarlison. <laughs> like just just the ball is, you know, a yard in front of him, and he just scissor kicks him and takes him out and gets his second yellow. So he gets ejected on the double red. And of course he does the Cavani things. And so he's screaming, yelling at the ref and getting everybody to circle up and get ready to brawl. It's classic. Love to see it. And then a similar thing happens where Uruguay, uh, it looks like they score in the 78th minute, but one of their guys is clearly offsides. And I, I forgot to put the guy's name in here. But he actually, he puts his hands on the referee, which, I mean, in general cases, like that's like an automatic red if you touch the ref, right? Or if you push the ref, the ref pushes him back, just like levels the player back. On his head. I'm like, what? Nothing is called. Or, or, or the, uh, one of them gets a, what did I put here? One of them gets a yellow, just a yellow. But if you put hands on the referee and the referee literally levels you back, I feel like that should be something. Nada. Play on. <laughs> Just classic. That game was really interesting. I didn't get to see it, but I I, I watched the uh, highlights. That uh, by the way, if you haven't subscribed to the Comebol YouTube channel, you need to do that because then you can get all the synopsis. 
but then you also get to watch all the VAR discussions mm-hmm. that happen in some other games, and that's always fun. Like that's become one of my favorite YouTube things to do. Man, I'd be curious what this discussion, if there was one. Yeah, is. yeah. I don't know if it hasn't been up been up there yet, but they usually put them a couple of days or a week after. But so I was watching the highlights of this, and I tweeted this to the soccer cooligans. Um, at the end of the first half, the Uruguay has an opportunity to score and off a set piece and i i don't remember at the uh at the top of my head who the player was but took 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 a really bad header and should have been a goal and as soon as he does that he screams and he starts yelling up suddenly he's about his mother <laughs> into the microphone of course that's that's that was a that 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 was one and then the other thing was the you know cavani getting the red but richardson also celebrated was, was this the one where he celebrated a goal it was. Yeah, he had a, a great thing he did. Well, he celebrated. And so the, the state of Amapa, it's um, it's way in the northeast, I guess, depending on which direction you're coming. It, it, they call it the, the mouth of the Amazon. So it's like the end of the Amazon River flowing into the ocean um, to give you a geographical location. Anyway, Amapa has been in dire straits lately with just really bad energy issues. Like they've been in a blackout for two weeks, two weeks no power in a lot of the cities and, and nearly the entire state. And so, uh, yeah, he, he, he scored the goal. And then in the post-match, they were interviewing him and he just, he just cut the globe or whoever it was, the interviewer off mid-sentence. He was like, listen, I want to dedicate my goal to all the people from the state of Amapa that even if they wanted to, did not get a chance to see it because they're in a, <laughs> they're in a blackout. <laughs> Because of because the infrastructure is such garbage and so terrible up there, so I thought that was kind of a, a stand up kind of move on on his part. Yeah, I still don't like him. But yeah. yeah, that was that was a stand up move. But yeah, and the thing too is when they were touching the ref, you notice that the, at one point he doesn't have his FIFA patch anymore. So someone either he tore it off himself or it fell. <laughs> oh, off. that's funny. I did not notice that. That's so. Funny, he, so after that, he goes walking around the rest of the game. I don't. He, he didn't notice he didn't have his FIFA patch anymore. Oh, amazing! So you have to watch the video. I'll, I'll I'll put it in our notes. But that yeah, you watch that highlight. It's like his FIFA patch just disappears. It's like you don't know where it went. God. Oh, so, come ball. I love it so much. Um, Rodrigo, Argentina never gonna be easy. Two 0 No, uh, we we're not playing well, and that's one of the things that. And I'm I'm not sure what's what's going to happen in the sense of that, but um, you know, there's 50 more games, and hopefully we're able to put something together. But I am liking that Cueva is getting more time, and then the new kid is getting a little more time. Um, we did have our chances, we just just can't put them away. So, you know, that that's like that's the thing. That's how it goes. So the table, uh, Brazil is four for four. They got the full 12. Argentina second at 10. Ecuador. They're right there. Number nine points at three. Paraguay at four with six. Uruguay tied with them with six as well. Five. Then Chile, Colombia, Venezuela, Peru, Bolivia. You know, there's there's still many more games. So who knows what could happen? Um, We got some World Cup cancellation notices just because of the COVID. Uh, The women's U17 and U20 World Cups set for 2020 and 2021. Well, Obviously, the one for this year was going to be gone, but learned that the other ones are also. One was going to be in Costa Rica and one in where? India. So those are off. No surprise really there. 
Um, second round of Nations League. I don't know. We, I can, it's, I'm just going to blow through this and if there's anything that you guys caught that you really want to talk about. England had a big win over Iceland. Uh, let's let's just jump to B again with uh, our Loons connection. Slovakia gets beat by Czech Republic 2-0. Tougher competition, I think, for Gregush and company. They just couldn't pull that one off. And then um, Wales and Finland play. Wales wins this one again. Tougher competition, 3-1. Uh, Lud does not score, but on the one goal of Finland, he provides the assist. So still active. Pretty cool. On the right. On the right. Yes. Thank goodness. <laughs> um, big news from Saudi Arabia. They have their, I mean, we, I don't think we have to talk at length about the situation in Saudi Arabia, particularly to women. But they have their first uh, women's football league that actually kicked off. So it'll be kind of interesting to follow to see how that all goes. And almost more from the perspective of, of the reactions from, you know, the very, very conservative society there. But apparently they had 600 players, 24 teams. And uh, <laughs> of course, of course, nothing is being televised. Like that's, that's probably the key part of this whole thing. <laughs> okay, you can play. But... Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> That's all you get. The state will enter, yes. Um, yeah, that's that's about all I got for internationals. Should we should we take a little break and hop backwards and, and talk a little about, about the, the madness in, in MLS? Yeah. Sound good? All right. Let's go. Hi, this is Lisa Watch, and no, you must be tuning because I am definitely not blessing your ears in this podcast. Anyways, back to the Minnesota Football Show. All right, welcome back to the Minnesota Football Show. Bridget's here, Rodrigo is here, my name's Eric. Let's get to it. Um, Chicago Fire. <laughs> Guys, they're, they're, they're getting a new badge. Again. <laughs> It's like deja vu. We just did this, didn't we? I love how they wait for uh, the outcries to die down and everyone's kind of given up. And then they say, yeah, you know what? This badge sucks. Let's uh, yeah, let's do it again. Great. <laughs> I can't wait till the, till the next MS Paint um, logo comes out from them. <laughs> They've been working on it through the right, whole right. quarantine. That's right. They've had Which... a lot of time on their hands. Mm-hmm. Which 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 Atari uh, video game are they gonna copy next? Um, the Star <laughs> Trek one. Hey, nice. There you go. Uh, uh, in in other uh, apparel related things, I guess Austin revealed their kit. What do you guys think of this thing? It's got the the green and and uh, and black stripes. It kind of reminds me of uh, something minty, chocolate and minty. Yeah. Uh, oh this... wow! Yeah. This photo, it looks more minty. Uh, there was a picture of they had like a food truck out or something and people were buying shirts and like standing around and out in daylight. It's like a much richer. It's like bright, but dark green. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. It's like you guys know that candy called and the Andes, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's what yeah. it is. Pretty much what yeah. it looks like. Yeah. Yep. And, and Yeti is their sponsor. That's that's a big one. Mm hmm. 
I didn't think Yeti would. Yeah, yeah, I didn't think Yeti would be would be doing something like that. That's cool. No, it looks decent. Mm -hmm. It looks like a throwback to like one of the old eighties, nineties Italian league, right? Uh, Jerseys. So, but hey, whatever. You know, Austin. Austin gets a jersey. Woohoo! Yay! Woohoo! Texas gets more teams. I mean, as as the Goya is there, though, I, I always appreciate a little greenness. We haven't had any green jerseys in this league, so water, bring it. <laughs> is there is there is there a home chant much better than um, the Lions ones? No idea. From Nashville, I don't have they have they come up with the song yet. Yeah, I don't think there was there was something. I think we talked about it on here where like a, a while back, ahead, maybe at the. Like when they did the first announcement. Uh, um, yeah, I'm trying to remember. What it was. I remember it too. They had the, somebody got a picture of their their little supporters hymnal, and we were all laughing at the at the lyrics. <laughs> I think that's what it was. Um, you you all can chime in here because I've been following all of the uh, the MLS and Extra Time awards. There's there's so many, but the ones that I did catch so far for uh, end of the season. Defender of the year goes to Walker Zimmerman. Not too surprising, Nashville. Uh, and then Jim Curtin, as Bridget and I kind of called on this program, he got coach of the year. Uh, anything else? What did I miss? Uh, new, newcomer of the year was LAFC. Mm. Uh, oh, my God. Hang on. Should have had this up. That's okay. I, I just I just threw it at you. I'm just mad that Gayesa didn't win any awards whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk about him in, in just a sec here. You're, I, I tend to agree, especially the way he played today. Uh, so newcomer of the year was Lucas Celerion from ah. Columbus. But then yeah, he young did. player of the year was... Where the list go? Diego Rossi. Ah, yes. Okay. okay. And now, uh, keep so, keeper of the year was Blake, right? Yep. Yep. Ah, okay. Missed that one too. So, All right. Cool. No huge surprises, really. Um, right. Comeback of the year: Bradley Wright Phillips instead of Molino. That makes no freaking sense week, to me whatsoever. We talked about this one last week. Here. One like. The one like big question, the way they space this out over the entire week has been kind of annoying. Um, but yeah. yeah, it was like the one question. Yes. Yes. Well, and it feels like the rules and parameters kind of change by the day right. too. Yeah. I know, right? MLS, get your shit together. We want all the shit to come out on the same fucking day. Get your shit together now. David Gass, I'm looking at yeah. you. Andrew Weeby, I'm looking at you. Adam Rodrigo, these are, these are your guys. You got, you've got the power. You've got the power. <laughs> Um, let's talk about our plans and we'll get we'll get things moving here so we on the east side we had our the little play-in matches and before that even started we had mate gate bombilla gate dos la venganza it happened again you know i i hate the fact that we but i really like the hashtag bombilla gate and mate yeah i think yes It's moving. It's moving. So on Inter Miami, you had all the Argentines, Gonzalo Higuain, Federico Higuain, Leandro Gonzalez Pires, all got the COVID because the, the, the Bombilla Maldita. That's another one we should put in there. Hashtag Bombilla Maldita. <laughs> <laughs> At least it wasn't Minnesota this time. 
But so keep that in mind. They're they're losing three of their core players. And and they got smoked. Nashville just showed up 3 0. Um, I caught some of the highlights and I mean, I've been talking about this team for a couple months now, how they've, you know, they built from the back and then their offense finally started to click late and goodness, they got some confidence. They're, they're going to play, who do they take Philly or Toronto? Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. They get Toronto, but who knows? I mean, confidence can, can do a lot. Well, I think it was, it was a very good, um, who's that coach for, is it Gary Smith? Okay, I can't remember for Nashville. Anyways, um, I'll look it, up. it was a, it was a very well planned attack. It was like we're going to press the line, and we're going to press their back line by quick passes or long shots, or like, or like long long balls trying to get them. And you know, into Miami wasn't they, they didn't they didn't have a shape into whatsoever. Gary Smith, you're right. And so it was um, it was just kind of fun to watch how. Um, how Nashville was controlling the game throughout the whole time. And um, I think my favorite goal had to be the uh, Dax. Dax McCarty. Dax McCarty's yeah. goal was, was probably my favorite. And it just really showed what was going on in the whole game. It's like you you give impulse of space to somebody. Mm-hmm. And I, I think they interviewed him on, on extra time after the game. And he was like, he's like, well, I was dribbling. At, at my defender and all my, and all the defenders weren't moving like they were sticking out with all the marks so I just kept on going until eventually I said well you know what I'm just gonna take a shot whoever if it goes in goes in and that's yeah, whatever happens happens yeah <laughs> and I think this is what you know you you expect to happen and I think yeah uh, Leal's goal was great but again that goal was created because nobody in the midfield or nobody in the defense steps up Right, and again, right. they're missing all those those. Key yeah, but but none of those well, players, are, none of those players are defenders, though. That, like, that's I mean, point. I mean, one of them yeah. is, but he's not. I don't. I don't know if he would have been enough. I think it was just a miscommunication, and it's just a lot of trying to figure out what's going on. Well, I think the thing is, this is like the perfect illustration of a system versus a squad of big names who can, mm-hmm. you know, be crazy flashy on their own, but don't necessarily work well together they can't defend they have no system in place to defend other than okay you watch that guy and maybe i'll make my run too um whereas nashville like like you were saying they they built from the back they have a defensive system in place they put that was the first thing they focused on the attack will come but build from the back and that's how they play their system and counterattacks too so uh huge difference Right. I'm on so, the go ahead. No, I was just gonna say. So, any other more expansion team needs to look at what Nashville is doing, right? For real. Yeah. They pay a great defender. Like when when this was happening, we're like, what are they doing? And then they get some leadership, right? Some veteran leadership with with Dax, and then they get some young players to be able to fill around everything else that can work. Well said. Um, on the other one, were those plans we had New England and Montreal. And this thing stayed 1-1 for quite some time. And 94th minute, like right before the whistle to end this thing, uh, Gustavo Bo changed it in my notes, but Bo gets the the game winner for New England. So, Rodrigo, your, uh, what do you call him, fighting Bruce Arenas? They move on. 
Yeah, I made a petition to change the uh, New England Revolution's names <laughs> to the Fighting Bruce Arenas, and then, um, and then the Montreal Impact to change them to Andre's Toys. Andre's Toys. Uh, en français, serait les jeux d'Henri. Say that. There you go. <laughs> Whatever that is. But I, I, no, it was it was a good game. Like it was a fun game. It was a goody game. And I think les jouets, les jouets d'Henri. That's it. And I think uh, New England was a much better team. They were creating so many opportunities on the uh, on the right flank with their inverted forward to right back. Um, what's his name? Tejan Buchanan. I think it, it was it was, and he was doing really well. And it also Montreal was playing with a three defender back. So like every time the ball was on one was it like all the defenses was on one side, it just switched it over to Tayon, and he was wide open to be able to create havoc, right? Yeah. But he had he got injured and he had to get subbed out. Kyoto was able to to score a, a good header, and I feel bad for a Montreal team that went very good. But good enough to get into the playoffs and play kind of amazing really that they got into the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, even and, that and played really hard. Back. Like they played hard throughout this whole game. Like they were playing hard, and literally lost the game in the last thirty seconds of it. Yeah, yep. It's Gustavo yep. Bo can shoot, and um, who do they who do they interview? Bunbury after uh, after the game, and he's like, "Yeah, he'll just keep on shooting, no matter if it goes in or not. You just keep on shooting, and you know, and one of those will be a magical goal." And, right. and that's what it was, because in the previous, previous first half, it, the running joke was the Argentinian because he got called for uh, trying to hit a hit a hit a goal. He hit a goal with his hand into the goal, right? And so he ended up doing the hand of God thing. And I mean, we're like, well, yeah, well, it's an Argentinian. What do you expect? Right? That's, that's bound to <laughs> happen. It but it's, but the key to the hand of God is like if it's going, someone's going to do it, it has to be a short player. With a tall player, bigger player, you can tell. With a short player, you can't really do. That's why yeah, Rui Diaz did it in 2016 it. and was able to eliminate somebody. It's it's good stuff for for Montreal just seeing what Henri was able to do with the, in yeah. one year. So I mean, they have they have something to build. Right, and I think something to dedicated build, to that. build on is what I meant to say. Something to build. And, and Toy got some time, and it was really weird watching Toy play defense, but mm. um, it was it was nice to be able to see him on the field and be able to get some touches. So. So let's talk about the East because now it's all lined up. So we got uh, Philadelphia will now play uh, New England. We will talk about uh, Orlando and New York City uh, football club right right in a second here. Uh, Columbus Red Bull is happening right now. And then we got Toronto and, uh, and Nashville. I kind of want Nashville to win that whole side. <laughs> it'd be the awesomest thing if Nashville's in the final. Uh, it'd be like the most COVID cup if, if just the chaos that is MLS in this in this COVID era. If Nashville's in the final, it'd be beautiful. Um, all right, let's let's jump to this thing. So this just finished like a couple hours ago. Orlando, NYCFC. Uh, it's one-one after like ten minutes. There, there's Two very early scores, uh, 90 penalty, and Chano gets one sh- shortly thereafter. Um, back and forth, back and forth, second half. Uh, Juan gets his second yellow in the 87th. So there we get our first red card. There will be another. Just chaos. Um, right before the whistle, Nani puts in this perfect free kick. 
and nobody gets their head on. I could not believe it. There were three runners and not one of them was able to connect, uh, which would have given them the win. Then they go to extra time. They're still a man down. New York City cannot uh, take advantage. So we're going to PKs. All right. Anybody else want to say something before we go into the madness? <laughs> All right. This game was extra chippy, though. Like, oh, it's it not was. The first time, is that the first time these two meet for like playoffs? Anything, right? Remember last year with the Open Cup, right? It ended up going to penalty kicks as well, too. And that's and that's um, it was really funny because Giselle, like, was watching the game with me. In that last last year or the year before that, for the Open Cup, and where they had blocked off places, and then some of the uh, Orlando players were telling their their fans to run to the other side where they oh yeah yeah doing yeah doing the yep. cakes and all of a sudden like security couldn't keep them so like they just they just ran and it was hilarious it was one of those it was awesome. it was one of those moments but this game was extremely chippy like. I Ron forgot to mention, should have gotten a, a red card before he actually got the red card. There were some really hard fouls that were happening. Um, I also think Gayese played lights out. That's what his I was going to mention. His double, his double save was just one of those saves, and you know, and um, it was incredible. While he's on, he the first one he blocks, and he's still on the ground, and just basically raises his hand. That's all he can do, and he gets the second block. It was spectacular. Yeah, there was some, there was some, there was some good, it was a good game in the sense of that, but it was very gritty, very physical. And I think the, I think there's a, when Ron fouls, uh, I forget who it was, he was going for a header and he headed the ball and Ron just literally shouldered him and knocked him down. It looked like he was seizing, like a seizure type of thing, a convulsion. And so nothing came out of that. And then when Ron gets runned over, Right, the 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 player kind of pushes off of him, right, on the side of his stomach to get up, right, and oh, you can't tell yeah. if there's intent or not, and then Ruan kicks them. That's right. There's like the scissor kind of thing. No, he just like takes the cleats and just push, shoves them, like he was trying to push them out of the way, and and then there you go, there's a red. And I think at that point is like it it all went crazy after that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was it was it was a nuts. But that's exactly what you want playoffs to be. That's the reason I keep telling people is like, why do you watch the MLS? Wait till you get to the playoffs. Yeah. All right. It well, that's a perfect bonkers. segue. That's a perfect segue because I I'm trying to think. We were just talking about this a little bit before we started recording. If if there's ever been a, a more wild, insane PK situation, and we had a couple of Bull comparisons, but this thing was just unique in a very strange way. Um. So first one, uh, NYC takes their first shot. And Gajese stops it amazingly. At first, they thought, oh, he hit the post. No, 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 no. It was his foot. Like, he dove the wrong way. But, I mean, he's so good at just, like, turning into, like, a human plane that he, he was able to get his feet out there. And his feet touched it and knocked it away. So, the very first shot is, is blocked by, by Gajese. So, he's playing out of his mind. And then it goes back and forth, back and forth. Da, 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 da. Um, and it gets to, I think it's the fourth. I want to say the fourth. And Gaiese does his thing again. He, this was a much clearer block though, too. Like just a spectacular save. But then they're, everybody's celebrating. They're partying like they want it. Da, 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 da. 
time is passing, the ref is checking, what's happening, what's happening. They, they say that he stepped over the line. And I mean, it is, it's so minute. I mean, it's just, we talk about sometimes the abuse of the of VAR. It's, it's pretty ridiculous when you actually look at the, uh, the replay. Um, but so it goes, they give him a yellow. He was already on a yellow. So he's handed a red card. So, I mean, can you imagine being a player on, on Orlando city where like, Minutes ago, you're celebrating because you assumed you won the match and you're moving on to the semifinal. And now all of a sudden, your keeper is red carded. And Schlegel, who's this, this Argentine uh, defender, put, says to put on the gloves and get back out there. It was it was bananas. Right. It was absolutely and I, I think insane. And if, and if Bridget can help me out to understand this, it's like when you go into extra time, you are not allowed to have a six substitution, even if someone gets gets a red card aspect of it. And I think that was the call on this aspect of it. That that's why they weren't allowed to have a substitution. In regards to um, Gallez's uh, yellow red card, um, technically you're supposed to have a warning, but it, but uh, I was listening and. Um, I was actually reading uh, what Andrew Weeby sent out. Sent out a really good explanation. It is the IFAB um, nineteen twenty version. That the that the new version and the new version, the twenty twenty one version, there is a warning. But in the in the current one that we have, there isn't. It's a straight yellow. So yeah. that's why you get to straight straight yellow instead of getting a warning. And well, apparently I saved the game. So that's that's the best thing. Like. Rodrigo well, saves what, the game. What was so infuriating about you? First of all, time still keeps passing. Like this, this whole mess of a dramatic situation is like 15 minutes long. It takes them so long to make a decision and do the red. And then, and then at one point, Pareja takes off. Like Pareja's after they thought they won, he's gone. Like he's he's ready to do the post match wrap up and like congratulate his players. <laughs> he has to he has to walk back. Be like what the. Fuck? is happening where this is still happening what's going on like he just doesn't know um and so once it does all finally get organized which again is is taking all this time it, it's frankly it's, it gets embarrassing at one point it's just like come on you guys just make a decision and get this get this shit together um nani steps up to to take his and the nycfc keeper saves his pk but he does the same exact thing as Gaia said you can see it in the replay it's 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 he hesitates before the kick he steps over the line before the kick no call nothing happens that was uh that was infuriating that was ridiculous um so then Schlegel gets gets his first and it goes in and he it's it's pretty funny because he just kind of stays put and whatever so they go through another round and and Schlegel gets it Schlegel has this ridiculous he has a great save two-handed save swats it down um and then i remember who who steps up for Orlando to put in the final one they win at six five but absolutely worth going back and watching the highlights just for the batshit insanity that it was yeah i mean this game also had like 10 minutes of additional time like you don't even uh, yeah get oh yeah that. yeah 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 the, even before they got to extra time it was it was long i mean we were well into like the two hour mark it was it was long. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's why I love MLS 
the like playoffs. It's just you never know what's going to happen. You know, you you get the you you get the Nashville beating the crap out of their other uh, expansion team, and then you get a game winning, seconds winning goal, and then you get the craziness that is PKs, and and you know it's it's unfortunate, you know that. Who knows if Pedro is going to be able to to play He's this out. game? He's so, out. So, which which really like like puts the whole charter situ- charter situation in, into kind of like that. You you went and got him, and Cayenne's back, um, and then now he's out because he can't play. Uh, it's just it's it's nuts. It is. Yeah. So, at the very least, good on Orlando. They're moving through, but. Just unbelievable. Do we have a uh, Columbus Crew Red Bull update? What I can tell you is uh, some kid named Caden Clark from some state named Minnesota (laughs) had a phenomenal goal again. That doesn't sound right. We don't produce talent. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. He's just absolutely destroying it. Um, And then there was a PK called as well. So last I saw it was 1-1. I don't know where we are now. Uh, Last I saw it was... 2-1 2-1 to Columbus. Okay. Uh, off of a Darlington Nagby goal. 3-2 right that now. 3-2. 3-2. Okay. Interesting, interesting. Where are we on time, do you know? I guess I can pop on. Almost over, I think. Okay. Well, let's do some Minnesota United stuff here, and we can kind of start to wrap stuff up, just some other things for today. But I don't want to give this thing more oxygen than it deserves, but – Brent Coleman was was interviewed. We've we've talked about it more than enough on this program. He has some just some really weak justifications for why he's standing, and it's it's coming so late that at this point I feel like it's doing more way more harm than good. You know, it's just he's 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 lost the goodwill of at least I would say a good number of supporters. I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to oversimplify and say everybody, but I'd say a large number of us on this show and everybody else are, are pretty much through. And it just, it just, it came off bad. It just, he just, it just made things worse. What do you all think? It, it was your typical and Rodrigo hit it on Twitter the other day with the uh, perfect example of white privilege and, mm-hmm. um, explaining away you know rationalizing every view that you have uh it's so much easier just to say yeah i don't i don't really understand i'm still learning uh trying to improve there but then you know to stay instead that well i've researched the black lives matter movements i've read their websites i've done this and this and this and i still just don't know it's i mean it's not that complicated and right. uh, so explaining it away is really just digging yourself a deeper hole, um, which is part of why everyone is so angry right now. Um, he was given a platform to speak uh, and to prove that, you know, that's, it's not that bad, but really all he did was kind of dig himself deeper. So um, anyone who was on the fence on that issue is now no longer on the fence um so yeah it it definitely did more harm than good in terms of his image for a lot of people and i think if he would have done this back when we started this whole conversation like 
however long ago that was, at least two months, maybe more. I think we'd still be pissed, but it probably would have simmered at some point. We'll just be like, well, and, you know, at least he came out and said something. But the fact that it's just dragged on this long and, you know, the, the club is to blame, PR is to blame in that as well. It's just, it's making it worse, like you said. And the justifications of the whole, like, <laughs> the fact yeah. that, what did he say, the village, that it takes a village and and, and solidarity or something so like the, that, and he didn't like yeah. that. I'm like, what, what is yeah. this? <laughs> that quote from the website that he pointed out is what um, I've had this, I won't say conversation, um, argument. Uh, mm-hmm. The circular reasoning that everyone has that never goes anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, somewhere on the website it says something about like you know not stressing the nuclear family and yes, everyone thinks that that means that um you know we're they're trying to destroy the nuclear family and they're going to ruin you know our concept of families and uh responsibility etc cetera, etc cetera. yeah uh, i mean it, it reads very much like a like an infowars headline or something like that it's yeah just yeah ridiculous. i mean in all the conversations that i've had uh the phrase nuclear family has come to be a uh, a code word for the traditional family. Mm-hmm. Mother, father, brother, sister, grandparents, both sides. Um, and anything that differs from that, they think is any, anything that approves of anything different from that is a destruction of the quote unquote nuclear family. Ugh. And really all that is is an acknowledgement that things are different for some people that's all it is from from the beginning we knew what his stance was was we could guess right we could guess we were speculating i mean speculating and we wanted it to be proven wrong but the delay in information just made it even more like you know this is what's going to happen and clear clear the air right away don't give everyone time right and it's not like no one offered Coleman a, a time to be able or space to be able to take that opportunity to do so you know so like it's on Coleman for anything anything like we knew his his views went the one my my thing is the whole like well I have a I have a police officer who's a friend of mine and I'm like well great yes. for you I kind of called that I figured it was something similar to that and then you know just just say that like say that right away right i i know people who are police officers and i'm like and they and they'll tell me yeah they're bad cops and they're good cops I'm like yeah. yeah so like so 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 it's not, is that that's just you know that's just an, an unresearched um right like if you're really trying to learn something be like well why do they feel that way well then maybe you go find out right mm-hmm. go read well, what does that have to do with history yeah. well you got a library <laughs> card callman go read there's lots of books out there that'll tell you why this thing things are this way, right? Well, Rodrigo, why why would I read a library book when I can go see what this Ben Shapiro guy has to say? Hold exactly, on, exactly, right? <laughs> I'm gonna go read that graffiti. And, yeah. Uh, so, what, so uh, I mean, like disappointing, that's... yes. Expected, yes. Um, what just I just I can't trust this statement and when it said that his teammates. Um, like support him in that aspect of it. I think there's a there's there's an understanding of you can have a disagreement, you have different opinions, and you can still like talk to each other aspect of it. 
But I also think a lot of the players of color in the MLS have, have learned how to navigate white spaces and understand when they when they gotta say something and when they yeah. ain't gonna say something. And right, pointing no case the Real Salt Lake organization, right? You know when to do something, when not to do. And I think is this is one of these things where like they realize that probably Coleman is not gonna be around or is not gonna have a a, a huge functioning role on this team. Like if it would have been like a Tyler Miller, right, who had these views or um, anyone else, right, who's, you know, or like an Ethan Finley type of thing or those kind of things, right? It, it would be a whole different conversation that we would be having. Mm-hmm. What was that, Bridget? You said why. something good. Yeah, I was going to say that that's probably why we haven't seen this interview this whole time because that just kind of opens up the uh, the can of worms that is, well, what, what do all of the other guys say? Mm-hmm. Um because if you tell his side, you have to tell the whole team side and not just what he says their thoughts are. Um, yeah. They can't speak for him any more than he can speak for them. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the, he has said his piece. I think the thing's done now. I don't think we're going to hear anything more from his teammates on that, um, at least not while they're actively playing for this club or this league. Yeah, I, I for one, don't want to talk about this ever again, of yeah. course. Watch tomorrow. Coleman has like a hat trick or something. <laughs> that, that that would be like the icing on the cake, of course. Um, yeah, I can't wait. Player now, he's not he's not our like the last remaining hometown guy on the squad anymore. He's he's just Brent Coleman, the defender who sometimes makes a a goal line clearance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. You know, maybe three or four down years down the line, where like some podcast maybe bsi still around that time they kind of like come back and 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 ask aiko para be like oh gems and then and then all of a sudden we like everything gets thrown out uh, uh, i, like, I want to like, hear those stories just like you the know, la galaxy player right that ended yeah. up getting traded exactly it's like i just, yep. just want to have so many stuff. conspiracy yeah. theories but i mean there's, the- there's gotta be some deep stuff there there's there's a 10-year like statute of limitations on that kind of thing yeah we'll hear it eventually oh. So good. Um, so Heath puts out the, uh, I'm just going to read the quote because it's that kind of a quote. Yep. Should, should I do my Heath? Let's see if I can get into it. <clears throat> it's strange. I said this recently. Christian Ramirez, he left us and he's been at two clubs since. I actually think that with this group, Christian would fit in better than probably a lot of the people that we've had because he's so good around the box. But, you know, that was that, pretty bad. That went Australian to Italian. I did, didn't it? <laughs> Fosters. <laughs> it's it's. I I don't even know how to respond. I just laughed. I mean, that is your best, your trolling. best crocodile Dundee impersonation <laughs> exactly. I've heard from you. Cranky. <laughs> I I could do a better British. I don't know if I can do his his. Uh, there's so many British accents. Yeah, the Manchester British is a whole different. Manchester. Yeah, different exactly. Thing. Exactly. I mean, I mean but, but let's, let's, let's hold the statement to a conversation. Is this Please. true? Do you believe what is he it says? true? Yeah. I mean, the way things are right now, sure. I mean, who wouldn't want to see Bebelo to Lud to Christian? I mean, that'd be fucking great. <laughs> yeah, my argument this whole time has been that, you know, all we've done is shuffle through forwards in front of the same group of uh quote-unquote creating players and then Mm -hmm. you know 
just jettisoned the striker when they couldn't score. Yep. And now we finally have a new group of creative players who are actually creating and they're finding space. They're finding players up front, no matter who it is. Christian could be right up there and, you know, it, it could be like 2015, 2016 NASL all over again. It's such an indictment of, of him, though. Like, he's indicting himself, though, to, yep. to say something like this. Oh, that he, whole, he threw him away. So, so backwards. And the whole, <laughs> like, well, he's left and he's been with two teams since then. Well, mm. you, you can go say you're welcome to right. him right. for that. that was I think the interesting thing for me is that we have determined on this squad that a true forward that you feed the ball to and scores goals does not work for this team. Right. You need a forward kind of like Amarillo was doing, someone that will come back, touch a play, keep on going, keep, be mobile and be able to do that. And I think in this situation, that's yes, that's, that's, what, that's what he does, right? Yeah. He'll connect balls. He's had assists. He does that kind of thing. So, yes, do I think it would work? Yes, I do. But let's Thank think you. about our situation currently all. with forwards, right? Our, our, our yeah. current, I'm, we don't know what Amarilla will be like or if we're signing him back. Uh, do you keep Kai Kamara? Don't know, right? Great do you question. keep Schoenfeld? I think for the for the price tag, Schoenfeld is correct. I think I would keep Schoenfeld for that price tag. So let's say you don't bring Kai Kamara back, right? And Amarilla actually does come back, right? then Christian really gives you that third forward. But the question is, is it, what, what's the price at it? What's, what's the league minimum, 250 Good question. I don't know. Because we traded him for like $400,000, and I think he went to like two seventy five or three hundred over to uh, Houston. Yeah. And we won't know until the end of this month, I think, when Houston has to make decisions if they're going to offer people extensions or not. It's, hence, it's hence the bananas. beginning of Mark Fang Myers, Ramirez watch. <laughs> yep, yep, that started. That started. Um, I, I just the whole idea of like these alternate realities that he kind of constructs. There's, I've always seen Adrian Heath and and Donald Trump kind of as these as these two parallels because they they, they both live in 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 my opinion at least these separate spaces where they can you know they create their own realities sometimes i'm just like okay i see what's going they, on here they see scenarios that they themselves have eliminated from, from yes from possibility and but you know, but there's no culpability at all <laughs> could have I don't, here, but we'll never know yeah, i don't know time. what you're talking about i, I didn't do this <laughs> <sighs> okay <laughs> i could go on but let's briefly talk tomorrow minnesota united colorado <laughs> It's going down. Has anything changed since the last week? We talked about this for your predictions. Let me ask this because we know, or at least we think, we'll be missing those four Lud, Gregush, Kamara, and Metanair, right? But then this thing comes out that apparently some of them are getting like private planes and flying over. Oh, they, so the league has paid for all of these players to fly back on chartered planes alone. Mm-hmm. so that they don't need to do the full 10 to 14 day quarantine situation. They do still have to have their two uh, two consecutive negative tests. So, and I think those tests are either tonight or tomorrow morning. So uh, is there a possibility this happens that they, that they play? Yeah. Yeah. Wild. I mean, tomorrow's okay. back. Greg Goosh is back. I think Metin there was back. 
Interesting. Um, I def definitely like Grey Goose and Kamara like have been posting from NSC. So uh, that helps a little bit. That that boosts my confidence a little bit. And we okay. we don't have to worry about the gentleman's agreement this time. Really? So what the uh, heck is that? <laughs> so gentlemen's agreements that. are not a, a not point. not a not a thing in the playoffs. So then is that what it is? Yeah, apparently it didn't apply to the playoffs. Um, I was not part of the uh, the match day minus two press conference that happened on Friday because they do it at one, which is always right after my lunch break at work. Um, but from right. reading uh, the live tweets from Andy Greeter, uh, someone asked about that and said, "So even if Kamara is available." Will he be playing, or is there some sort of arrangement in place that will, you know, force him to not play? And he said, "Oh, he'll be a bit. He'll be available. That cost me too much money." So okay. the theory is that he was fined for the quote-unquote gentleman's agreement that was what? made between the two coaches. Wait, so the MLS fined fined Minnesota United for that? Oh, someone needs to dig up the dirt for that. That is numbers. insane. That's how we're reading into that situation. Does, does the MLS, oh when does the MLS release, like, is there finding anybody? Like, is I don't there think a... they have to if it's something like this. Really? Oh, that's so. interesting. This is bad shit. I mean, I'm sure it'll come out eventually. But like... <laughs> so so who was the one he... that replied, oh, no it cost Florida. me too much money? Was that? that, was, that Heath, Heath was asked. Oh. This was, <laughs> this was the, wow. the United presser. Did, did Lude, is Lude flying back too or no? Yeah, that's a good question. He, he would have been, I haven't seen him like post anything. So we really only know that Kamara and Gregos are back because we've seen pictures and Kamara posts my pictures of everything. Ludi, Ludi, Ludi. Um, yeah, at this point, you know, if you were to pick over any of them, you know, like I'd take Lude over Gregos and Lude over, Lude over um, Kamara. So. Well, what about Metnair? Is, is he back? That I, I don't know. Okay, so boy, yeah, I don't so know. And and Ozzy, what what? Ozzy's done, right? We don't know to get Ozzy. Um, yeah. it looks like Boxy was training. Uh, who else were the question marks? I think those were the big ones. I I still think this is gonna be a tough match, you guys. I don't know what you all how y'all are feeling. I I I want to say that we're gonna win this thing. I could eat, especially after seeing the absolute insanity that happened today. I, uh, I have a feeling that we're going to go into PKs and it's going to be in I, I, DSC wins this thing. That's what I'm going to say. But, yeah. If we go to PKs, DSC has, has, has some sort of gentleman's agreement with the goalposts specifically <laughs> at home. So something's going to happen. If the tips yeah. of his glove cannot make the thing happen. The, the post will. The post will Fantastic. speak for us. And, and and I, I think this is going to be, I think, a 2-1 game. Like, playoffs have been one of those things. Okay. And I think we'll win 2-1. If if we have the majority of our squad back, and I don't know if Chikori Hayes is, is, is healthy. Um, and let's look at the formation that you would have without the four that are returning back. You're looking, at least for me, would be a Boxel and a Haas center back. Chase yeah. on the left, and people hate me for saying this. And the bossy on the right, I just, I just don't don't want to put dots in in the um, on the right when we can have him in the midfield. Yeah, we need him in the midfield. And then if we have him in the midfield, then you put 
a healthy Ja'Cory Hayes and a healthy Dotson in the middle because we don't Ozzy's not playing. Right. So and then you do a Bebelow in the middle, right? And then you do uh, Ethan on the Finlay. right, Molina, yep. yeah, and then Molina on the left. And then the striker situation is 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 where either you put a Schoenfeld or I don't know House Lannister. Somebody. Oh man, Bridget, what do you think? What's your prediction? Uh, um, it's tough. I know. Well. And I was looking to see if we had an injury report yet, and we do. So what do you see? All we have listed on the out is exactly what we already know: Miller, Andrea, okay. Apara. Um, nobody is listed as questionable, which means mm. that it's just whoever he feels. Uh, it's yeah, it's going to be tough. I would not be surprised to see it go either to PKs and go in Dane's favor or something like the Orlando situation where <laughs> some just crazy strange thing happens at the end and that could goes go, on for 15 minutes I mean it could go either way that's look at the MLS's back and the games that we had there so so true so true all right well we'll we'll get back on this one uh, hold on to your butts as they say yes. Um, let's do a quick quick wrap-up of things that happened today uh, in the Premier League. Chelsea won 2-0. Brighton beat Aston Villa 2-1. I caught a little bit of Tottenham Man City. Tottenham wins 2-0 and goes top of the table, Bridget. Uh-oh. For now. <laughs> For now. Really I didn't even – what happened with Manchester West Brom? How'd that thing go? I don't know. I didn't see any of that one. That's all right. That's all right. I was. was I put the, this one in – The game was fun. Which one? Aston Villa, Brighton. I heard, yeah, I heard people, people were loving the Brighton one. <laughs> Aston Villa should have scored six goals in that first. Oh my half. god, yes! In like five minutes alone, there should have been six. Right, goals. there should have been like six goals. It should have been like and a then, six-two game, maybe six-three. But... was like the hardest one. <laughs> right, nice. Like the score right after set piece at the beginning of the second half, and then after that, I mean, like it's. It was one of those crazy games where, like, Aston Villa does Aston Villa things, right? Yep. Were they were, were they uh, stopped by the D and the keeper, or just deflected, or what was going on with all the all those attempts? Just, all of the above. Yeah. Okay. They could not pull it together. You couldn't. So, it was a post. Like, you get you get a beautiful chance, and you sky it like five yards over the post. You are <laughs> a tough one, and you just skim it just past the far post um and a couple really tough ones that defense fell apart on so they could have could have made it happen but sounds familiar (laughs) um for the league i put in here vrl who are like second i think right now and real madrid they tied 1-1 but the reason I, i just mentioned this is mariano diaz who is a dominican he scores the goal and just has this great black power salute. He just runs to the line, left-handed fist in the air, and just you know stands there for a good ten seconds. And it was, it was pretty badass. It was, it was a great celebration. Um, 
I don't even want to talk about Guayas Palmanis. I hope they win. They just got to dig themselves out. Um, AFC Championship, just to talk about our, our friends over in Asia. We got FC Seoul and Beijing won. Uh, Beijing wins two to one. Ulsan Hyundai, three over the Shanghai Xinhua, one. And that is all I've got. If anybody else has anything to add, by all means, or as I said before, hold on to your buttocks for Minnesota tomorrow and Colorado. That, that about sums it up. Yeah. I'm so nervous, you guys. This I'm just uh, ugh. <sighs> okay. Thank you, listeners. <laughs> That's all I got. This maybe I don't know if this is gonna make it out before tomorrow, but you can hear our panic and take that for what it is. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, pay- Patreon.com backslash uh, Minnesota football show. Is there a beer and wine update or no? There is. Uh, a Christian sent me a video yesterday of he he just added carbonation, which is like the last stage. So just got to let it set for a little while. But he was showing me his collection. Such, such a problem. The poor guy. He's just got walls full of beer. I'll send it to you guys. It's like, oh, must be rough. Yeah. Surrounded. Yeah, yeah. by the beer. Wow. So, so we're getting there. Last phase. Yep. <laughs> That's awesome. Yep. All right. Thank you, Rodrigo Bridget, as always, and uh, catch you next week. Hopefully, we'll still we'll still be in this thing. We'll see. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs>